Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Is This Normal from Belfast Life. care costs what a week to talk about something like this because not only is it as awful as we thought it's actually worse it's just uh this report has come out yesterday to show that in fact we are the most expensive uh place for childcare costs in the that's, uk that's shocking i mean it, when i started to you know plan for coming back to work after having dara and looking at childcare options and then realizing okay so not only is it going to be hard to leave my wee man and go back to work and not be with him kind of 24-7, but then I also have to plan for this massive gaping hole in my wages each month as well. And I know, obviously, it's great. And you know they're getting great care and everything, but I just think like, the way we measure up against the mm-hmm. rest of the UK is crazy. Like We're more than England. Yeah, it is. And it says that we use substantially more paid hours than any other region, which yeah. is just... Ugh, you know, good. I think it's 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 if you can get family to help out, great. But yeah. I think most of us fall into the category where you kind of just need to do, go down the paid route. Yeah, and you get a bit of help here and there. Yeah. Oh, there's so much around it, though. There really is so many questions, and there's probably lots of stuff we don't know as well. So yeah. it's probably best that we we get somebody on to to yeah. give us the facts and figures. So today we are speaking to Eva, who is from Employers for Childcare. So Eva, can you tell us a bit about yourself? My name is Aoife Hamilton and I'm the Policy and Information Manager at Employers for Childcare. Um, We're a charity that was set up to help parents um, to get into work and to stay in work by supporting them with the cost of childcare and helping them identify what support they're entitled to. I've got two wee girls and we pay an absolute fortune, Um, so any advice that you've got will be great. I guess starting at the start, when should parents start looking into into childcare? Is it too crazy to start looking before the, the baby's born? I would suggest it's never too early to start finding out information. I think the more information you've got, although it can be overwhelming at times, the more informed you are, hopefully the more relaxed the whole experience will be. So it's important to know there is help out there. So our charity, for example, offers a free phone helpline. And the nice thing is there will be somebody at the end of the line who can talk you through all of the support you might be entitled to, both with the cost of childcare, but also more generally. Um, So some families will be entitled to other forms of support as well. Um, We can also give you advice if you're looking to find childcare. We can talk you through what options might be right for your family. And we've got a guide setting out different options on our website. And then when it comes to actually looking for a provider, there is a good website. It's Family Support NI. And it lists all registered childcare providers in Northern Ireland. And I would suggest the first thing to do is to decide what form of childcare you're interested in. So do you want a day nursery? Do you want a child uh, minder? Do you have access to informal care? And then you can take it from there. Find a few providers, maybe ask some parents who are using the service already um, to see what their views are of the service. And that'll help you make up your mind. Absolutely. I think that's that's invaluable to know that there is information out there. I know personally when I, like maybe man's just 10 months now and when I first started looking, I think maybe two, three months after he was born, I was on, the first provider I went to was almost told, 
I was too late. Like there was five, six pages of a waiting list, which was horrifying thinking, oh my goodness, I'm never going to find find somewhere suitable. But we did obviously get there in the end. So that's probably another issue for parents because I think we all know the cost of childcare is pretty, pretty steep. And there are a range of options available for, for families who may be entitled to some extra support. So if can you tell us a wee bit about the support that might be available? Absolutely. There is quite a wide range of support, actually. And we find we hear from parents every day. And it's very, very rare that we aren't able to signpost a parent to some form of support with their childcare costs. So for some, maybe who are parents already, they might be able to use a scheme operated through their employer called Childcare Vouchers. For others, there's a government scheme called Tax-Free Childcare. While for others, um, universal credit um, or possibly tax credits will be the best option for them. The thing is, no parent has to work out what is the best form of support for themselves because that's another thing that our team will do. So if you phone up, give your circumstances, maybe how many children you have, your anticipated costs and your income, one of our advisors will do a calculation for you and then talk you through exactly what's best for your situation. One probably that's a lot talked about a lot and you'll probably see it in the papers online is universal credit but to be honest I think the information out there is probably more confusing than helpful in some situations so I mean what about a family who may think actually we could be entitled to that universal credit as, as, a, as a way of helping us you know fund our childcare what about that advice where, where do people turn to to get the, the proper information because I think there is lots of misleading stuff out there. You're right. It's a really complex landscape and this is a new form of support. And for some people, it will be the support that they're entitled to. It will be best for them. But for others, maybe who are currently on tax credits and who are advised to migrate to universal credit, it may or may not be the best form of support for them. And they may not have to actually make that change. So there is a lot of confusion out there. It's again, I would really urge anybody who's in that situation to call one of our advisors because um, we will be able to tell them, is this something that they have to do? Um, if not, then we might advise them to stay on tax credits or another form of support, um, but they don't need to make that decision on their own. Um, it is a particularly controversial subject at the moment with um, universal credit coming in because a lot of families um, who have um, gone on to this system maybe ha um, would have been better off under the old system. Um, and there are additional complexities, such as with um, universal credit, um, families with their childcare costs, they have to claim that retrospectively. So perhaps when they're moving into a new childcare provider, they've got to pay their deposit, they've got to pay their first month up front. And um, in order to get the support with that, they have to keep their receipts and claim that back, and there can be significant delays. So for some families, particularly those who might be in a precarious financial situation, it's, it's an impossible option. Um, do I actually turn down a job or do I get into debt in order to pay for my you know, first month of childcare? So it's really important that if any family is considering this, they call one of our advisors on 0800 028 3008. Can you talk us through a few of the options? So Childminder versus daycare um, versus Granny Granda, what, what, are, what works best and what are the benefits of each? Do you know, it's really going to depend for every family. And what we're here as employers of childcare about, um, we're about ensuring parents can choose the option that's right for them. For some, formal will make sense. Um, maybe they don't have access to um, grandparents living nearby or family support. They might want the reassurance of knowing that if maybe a grandparent is ill or has an appointment, they're not going to have to make alternative arrangements. So formal childcare will work for them. For some um, parents, they might want their child to be in a setting with lots of other children, so a day nursery might work. For others, they want a home from home, so a childminder is going to suit them. And for others still, 
informal care, maybe in their own home or with grandparents or a family member is, is what they think is right for their child. It can depend on maybe the parent's working circumstances or on the child's needs. So sometimes if a child has additional needs, um, then that is a factor to consider. Um, for some families, if they've got more children, um, children of different ages, that will influence their decision as well. The research that we do, we find that the majority of families are using a range of childcare. So for some, they'll be using um, after school and breakfast clubs and grandparents. For others, it's exclusively formal childcare. So if a parent is unsure, what's the right choice for them? Again, that's the kind of thing we can help them through. Can you tell us a little bit about what, for example, the benefits of a day nursery are? So what, what does a kid get out of that that they might not get elsewhere? So in a day nursery setting, that's where children are typically going to be with other children of their own age. And um, We've got a great um, day nursery sector in Northern Ireland. There's a wide range of providers um, and children will typically be getting a lot of stimulation, developmental opportunities and um, often educational um, developmental opportunities as well. So that can be a really um, good form of childcare um, for families who want that for their children. Um, similarly with a childminder, again children will typically be with other children of their own age but in a smaller setting so that could be the best option for families who want more of a home from home because that will be in the childminder's own home, typically they'll be receiving that care. Again it can change depending on the age of a child so what's right for a younger child may not be the same when they get a bit older and it might be then that a parent instead is looking for um, after school clubs um, that could be a, a, a childcare setting or it could be music, it could be sport and they could also be looking during um, holiday periods for holiday schemes as well that will take older children. When you're met with that decision it, it is hard, it is daunting I think to, to decide what works best and, and how it's going to fit around your schedule and your working hours and things like that so it, it's definitely it's good to know that the information is available from you guys. And we do get really good feedback from parents who are using formal childcare settings and I know that there's often a focus on the cost of childcare. What we also see is it's it's expensive to deliver quality childcare um, so providers themselves have a lot of overheads, um, they've got staff costs, they deliver great training um, for, their, um, for the staff in these settings and actually parents really do recognise that so it's more, it's the issue is affordability is what we would say so we need to have a really high quality childcare sector but what we're calling for is investment from government in that sector to make sure that parents do still have those options available and in fact we do hear from some parents who say cost isn't so much the issue for us it's availability so they maybe can't get access to their first choice provider like your experience um, or maybe there, there aren't um, enough of a particular type of provider in their area so they feel that their options are limited. And one of the issues actually a friend of mine was talking to me about was the affordability issue. So I think studies have shown and we've seen newspaper reports and things about the first three years of a child's life kind of setting them up for education or, um, and, you know, and being massively important and how they're going to develop beyond that. So is there just this horrible inequality in that parents who can afford a daycare nursery will set their kids up to be receptive in, an in a sort of educational environment and parents who can't afford that will be at a disadvantage and their children will be. 
So what do you suggest for parents who are really, really struggling with that? Is it just kind of accept it, we can't afford it and move on? Well, what I would say is, first off, absolutely, there are lots of studies that show how important the first few years of a child's life are. Um, and really good quality childcare can play such a key role in helping children to meet their developmental milestones. Now, that's not to say that a child in a family setting isn't going to benefit in the same way. It really will depend on each family's circumstances. But what we do not want is for any family to feel that they don't have the option of really high quality formal care because they can't afford it. So it's something that we and other organisations are campaigning on. So we're campaigning to get more investment in the childcare sector to help address that affordability issue. But also we still know there are parents who don't realise they could be entitled to support right now that could actually help make the cost affordable for them. So tax-free childcare, for example, if a parent is sitting right now with no form of support, they could potentially be getting up to 20% of their childcare costs paid for, or they may be entitled to universal credit. And that's even if they're working. So it's a call that we think every parent should make um, in order to find out what they're entitled to. If somebody's listening now and hasn't been claiming that, can they get it back? Typically, your support is from the point at which you're you're claiming it. So okay. you would have to be using that for childcare costs going forward. Um, however, it's never too late to make that call because there might be other forms of support again that you're entitled to that will help to make up those kinds of shortfalls. When it comes to, I think, probably deciding um, about childcare and, and, and what are the options that are available, it kind of also probably boils down to the point of which parent is going to be able to, I think, basically, again, looking at income, which parent is, and it's always usually, we, we kind of typically know it always falls to the mum who, when they're pregnant, takes the maternity leave, takes the full nine months to a year, whatever whatever they feel suits their needs. But there is also shared leave, which I think is probably becoming more publicised that it is available. But I would say lots of couples and families probably don't know how it works, if it works for them. And possibly lots of employers don't know how shared parental leave might work. So Eva, can you tell us a wee bit about that? Yeah, so I would say probably in the last few years, we have seen developments in this area. Um, you know, there's gender pay gap reporting. There's, as you say, shared parental leave is now available. So there are, um, there's a lot more focus on recognising that both mums and dads want to play a role in bringing up their children and equally both mums and dads want to develop their career so we need to make sure that um, there is a level playing field there for them. We do still find in our research that it's typically mums who are taking a break from the workforce or reducing their hours in order to um, look after their, their children and take on those caring responsibilities and it's why we do see a high level of economic inactivity in Northern Ireland typically with women. So again it's a call that um, mums and dads should be making to ourselves. Um, often um, maybe fathers haven't realised that they've been entitled to support childcare vouchers for example. Um, that's an entitlement for each parent. So a mum can claim that through her work and a father provided they're eligible and they're already in the scheme. So shared parental leave, it's um, something that we've seen there hasn't really been a great take up of it and part of that is a lack of awareness amongst parents also amongst employers who are maybe concerned that it will be or complicated to implement. Um, but also with shared parental leave, um, parents do need to look at whether financially they're able to afford that um, because um, typically there will be enhanced maternity pay, perhaps um, offered through a company for a mother that may not be offered alongside shared parental leave. Now, there have been developments in that, and I think probably what we need to do is, as a society, um, recognise that dads and mums both want to play this equal part in bringing up their children, value both of their roles in that, and for employers and for the government to take steps to um, make it that 
fathers can access that um, support as much as mothers can. And do you hear from a lot of women who, <clears throat> I guess, don't go back to work after maternity leave because of challenges with costs? We hear from a wide range of, of parents every day and some of those will be mothers um, and uh, on occasion fathers who've taken the decision that just for them going back to work is not going to pay. For some that is temporary, for others unfortunately it will be longer term. If that is an option that's made just for the best interest of the family then you know we would absolutely support that. Our concern is where the um, parents feel they don't have any options. So we would do a Northern Ireland child care survey every year. We're in our 10th year of doing it this year and every year you'll see um, quotes from parents in that saying for me, it just does not make sense to go back to work. Um, for some parents, they are paying a, the equivalent of a full income out in childcare costs in order to go out to work. So for them, it's, it simply doesn't make sense. And do you find that people who don't go back to work because of childcare costs feel frustrated? For some, there's a frustration because they feel they have not had the option of keeping their career path open to them. And this is something that we hear, but it's also very prevalent in, in broader research. And it's really what's behind the, the gender pay gap. So typically there is a, a penalty there if um, it's mothers who are taking time out of the workforce or are going back but on a part-time basis because it might be more difficult then for them to get promotions, to move into higher positions that otherwise would have been open to them had they not had that time out. In terms of normal childcare costs, what are people paying on, an, sort of on a monthly basis? Um, I'll happily tell you what we pay for four days a week for my two daughters. We pay just about £1,400 a month, which to me is just, you know, it's a killer every month. And and that you know we've been doing that for years so is that is that normal what do you think it, it's a difficult question to answer in that every family circumstances are going to be different but what i can tell you is that the average cost of a full-time place is 166 pounds a week in northern ireland mm -hmm. so there will be families spending more than that and there will be families spending less than that so it'll depend on maybe the type of childcare they're using or the number of children they have what i will say is at 1400 pounds a month that's certainly normal in that it's something that we will hear on a regular basis so for some of the people calling us they have no costs for some we, we've got some quotes in last year's um, childcare survey and we have families spending £19,000 a year £21,000 a year this is not uncommon um, and we also look at not just what is the spend but what is that as a proportion of household income so we find that um, for at least half of the people who contact us they're spending about a fifth of their income on childcare costs but for some of them it's well over half and that's household income so um, for anybody listening in you will be on a spectrum so some are spending a lot more some a lot less but we do know that what is normal is people calling us every day saying we're struggling to afford childcare. Just on that issue it made me kind of wonder is there a geographical change in costs I mean Den more densely populated areas, your cities, for the lack of you know people who live in the Belfast area or Lisburn or the more densely populated areas, is there a is there a shift or is there a change in cost? Whereas you know when you move more rural areas, is is, is childcare cheaper in rural areas? The same way as you know the housing market obviously changes from place to place. Is that something you know that happens? That's something that we do report on, and we do see variances in cost. Um, Actually, something interesting to pick up on is, um, I think it was in County Fermanagh last year, what we saw is 
families actually spending more on childcare and using more hours of childcare. So we would put that down, um, we think, from, from speaking to those parents. Many of them are travelling more, maybe to get to their place of work or to get to schools. So as a result, they're having to use additional hours of childcare. So even though that's actually a part of the country where we would see lower costs, we're seeing families spending more. So certainly there, there are differences there and it will depend where you live, but also where you work, because some people will choose to have their childcare closer to their work, not necessarily closer to where they live. I reside in, in Tyrone and travel to Belfast every day. And I would say probably in comparison to what I know my family members who live around Belfast pay for their childcare, ours is probably slightly less expensive, but then the costs work out equally because I'm traveling more spending more money on fuel and obviously then having to avail of extra childcare hours because it takes me, you know, an hour or 40 minutes to, to get back up the road to pick up my son. So it, yeah, it does obviously, as you say, it probably works out in the long run. Yeah, that sounds very similar to what a lot of parents in Fermanagh and Tyrone would be telling us. Are there people across Northern Ireland, and I'm sure it is probably more common than people would know about, but are there people actually, because they want, everybody wants the best for their kids and want them to get into the best, best childcare so that they're going to get all the benefits, but are there people actually putting themselves into debt to afford the best childcare? This is something that we actually gather evidence on. So last year in our research, we found that a third of parents who responded told us they were using means other than their income to pay for their childcare. So that's, that can range from loans from family and friends, bank loans, credit cards, savings and overdrafts, even to some parents who told us that they were using a payday loan. So that can have a significant impact, obviously, on a family. Either they're getting themselves into debt now or they're unable to put money aside for the future, so they're, they're really banking up potentially um, financial insecurities down the line. Um, we even had um, a parent who told us that they resorted to using a food bank, for example. So because childcare is one of the first bills that has to go out, so you pay your mortgage, you pay your childcare, then it's other things that families tell us they're cutting back on. And again, that was a, a, a difficult finding. So half of families told us that they were cutting back in order to meet their childcare costs. And that's not just on luxuries. You know, some people told us they were cutting back on their Sky or their gym memberships. But for others, they were saying, well, we're not putting the heating on or we're um, reducing our food spend. Um, and that can have an impact on the whole family now and into the, the future. And the thing is, we know that childcare providers are very aware of that. And they're saying to us, you know, we're trying not to put our fees up. So this is what we want the government to hear so that they take this seriously and that they invest in childcare so that no family is having to, to make that impossible choice. When I pay my bill, well, do I pay my childcare bill now? Do I put food on the table or do I buy some oil this month? We don't want any family to be in that situation. I'm actually really shocked by no, that. I shocked. thought it was, I thought, you know, fair enough, you don't have your big holiday or whatever, which is, you know, the situation where we're not going, you know, onto a hot climate or whatever for the, in, in summer, but for people to actually be struggling with food and feel that's just not, that's just not really right, is it? And no, it's what, not. And are we particularly bad here in Northern Ireland for childcare costs or is it the same across the board, like the, re the rest of the UK and in the Republic? I think wherever you are, you will hear families telling you that they're struggling with the affordability. The issue here is that we're falling further and further behind 
um, other parts of the UK because we don't have a childcare strategy. We haven't had a childcare strategy for some time. And that means there hasn't been investment in our sector. And parents and childcare providers are telling us of how frustrated they are because they're looking um, across the water, for example. And in England recently, um, there's been the introduction of a new form of support of um, free childcare hours for three and four year olds in England. Um, similar schemes being rolled out in Wales and in Scotland. And parents here just feel, well, where's the support then for us? We're struggling. We know those schemes aren't perfect, um, so they are for limited um, number of families. But still, when we uh, you know, have discussed those figures and the experiences of some families here, um, it's immensely frustrating for us also that this issue is just not given the importance that it deserves. No, I think that's it, it is pretty shocking and it, it is it, sometimes I think we all feel that and regardless of what the issue is that sometimes poor old Northern Ireland's always left lagging behind mm-hmm. the rest of the UK and, and, and in the Republic of Ireland as well. So it is probably time that the politicians and the government stepped up because it's it's not acceptable. The families are, are struggling so bad that they're having to cut back on, on food or in, and even heating. And another, just one thing you touched on earlier on was whenever kids start school, when children start school, the cost, we were sort of, we were looking forward to September when my little girl Betsy starting P1 and we thought, oh, we're going to be rolling in it. But <laughs> in fact, we're not um, looking into it. Of course, we we'll have to pay for um, surround care all, you know, in the morning, breakfast club, all that sort of thing. And somebody to pick her up at two o'clock when she finishes. I think even for the first couple of months. Um, most of the primary schools will stop really early. So I think she's actually only in primary school for about three hours a day. So all that wraparound care has to be paid for too. So actually a four-year-old in P1 does not in fact mean, you know, megabucks anymore, sadly. So what what do you suggest for them? What what are the best options then? We hear that a lot and um, families maybe, they they do make that assumption and they're they're taken aback when they realise the cost of wraparound care. That's during term time. But then equally, when we've got the long summer holidays here, which are longer than in any other part of the UK and um, during holiday times, then there are summer schemes to find and that can be a real headache for parents. And I know some will be thinking about that now as we come um, towards the summer holidays. Again, for those parents, call our Family Benefits Advice Service and we can talk them through the support because so long as their wraparound care is registered, again, they um, should be able to get support with those childcare costs they may not realise that. So have that conversation with one of our team. Oh, that's great. I didn't realise that. So through the summer, if you have a child who doesn't normally have any wraparound care, but if they're going to have sort of a, a holiday option, then Provided that it's a be... registered scheme, absolutely. Um, they'll be able to get support with that. So if you're on childcare vouchers now, for example, you could be banking those up to use for the long summer holiday, or you might be eligible for tax-free childcare or another form of support. So definitely it's worth making that call. And actually, we would advise a bit like your MOT. Call once a year, find out, because your circumstances will change and the form of support that's best for you might change as well. No, that's brilliant and it's, it's so so helpful to know that, that, the, that the support you guys provide is there and it's there at the end of the phone that it's free and as well as that there's a there's a website I'm sure with a with a, a depth in-depth knowledge of, of all this all these topics that we've covered today that's right there's a lot of um, guidance and information on our website it's employersforchildcare.org so there are guides on choosing childcare there are guides on the different forms of support and as always have a look at those guides but if you've got any queries one of our advisors is available Monday to Friday 8 a.m to 5 p.m and we we take so many calls we're delighted to help Okay, so I think we've established that this whole thing is pretty complicated. Can you give us just a brief synopsis of the options and and why people should call? 
Absolutely, it is complicated. So um, right now, if you are accessing childcare vouchers, that's one form of support that parents can use provided they remain eligible. They may be able to use that form of support with tax credits, again, if they were on that scheme, or with universal credit, which is a new form of um, support. If the parent has never been claiming any support before, their options are a bit more limited. It's going to be the government's new tax-free childcare scheme or universal credit. And how we would work out what's best for the family would be understanding their income, which can rule certain schemes in or out, understanding their childcare costs and the overall financial circumstances of the family. So these are the kind of calculations that our team would do regularly. And last year, when we did a personal benefits check for a caller to our service, on average, we identified savings of over £3,500 for those families. That's something that's not insignificant. I think anybody listening would be delighted to receive those kinds of savings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that that's that's a that's a huge figure that and it, and it is completely worth people thinking rather than trying to sit and probably trawl through the internet and look at all this information is to just have somebody break it down for you. So no, that's absolutely invaluable to know that that the definitely support is there. For it. Well, she was fab. Some of the stuff she said there was just absolutely shocking, though. Um, I can't believe parents are struggling that much, going to payday loans and getting themselves into debt. I mean, I know it's bad. Like, I know the costs are huge, but nobody should be having to get themselves into that sort of stressful situation. No, it's definitely not worth that. And that is a real, a real shock to the system when, when they like. She more or less said that that's happening on quite a regular basis, which is mm. it's just not acceptable, and, and something does need to be done. Um, but it is absolutely brilliant to know that the information is available and that there is somebody to turn even the fact you know they up over three thousand pound they've they've been managing on average to save families for people who had probably no idea that they were entitled to Mm -hmm. to help with childcare costs so i think yeah it's 100 percent worth making that call if you think you could be entitled to something definitely definitely hopefully you can join us again next week when we will be meeting margaret from the nspcc to talk about social media and screen time for our kids and what we should and shouldn't be doing see you soon